Hello listeners and fellow book lovers. Welcome to the Book Snug, a bi-weekly conversational podcast about books and the reading life. My name is Julia. And my name is Stephanie. We're a mother and daughter who love reading and talking about books, the ones we adore and the ones we don't. We're delighted you're here, so grab your favorite hot drink or ice-cold beverage and settle in for another cozy bookish chat. Hi, Julia. Hi, Mom. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great because we get to talk about books again. Yay! (laughs) What are you drinking? I am drinking. It's a chai tea. Um, It's from my favorite tea company, Puka. Uh, They are organic, B Corporation certified, really good. But this chai is really light and um, nice and warming. Sounds good. Yeah. What are you drinking? I'm drinking something called the Tower of London, (laughs) which is such a weird name for a tea. It is. It seems like it should be dark and disturbing. Yeah. But it really isn't. It's a tea by Harney and Sons, Mm -hmm. which is one of my favorite tea companies. It's a black tea. It has um, some fruity notes, Mm. some bergamot, and a little bit of honey in Mm. it. And it's just a nice tea, I think, for the wintertime. Mm-hmm. Because it is a black tea. Yeah. It's very good. Good. Well, that's important. Even if it has a funny name, it's important. It's good. (laughs) Why don't we just dive right into our topic today? Sure. Um, We are going to be discussing our positive superlatives for 2022. Mm -hmm. Last week, we spent some time focusing on our negative superlatives. So these were books that met the categories of most likely to drop out, which were our our DNFs, DNFs, least popular, which Mm -hmm. were our worst books Mm -hmm. of the year, and so on. And as fun as that was, (laughs) because it is always fun to talk a little bit snarky and smacky about the books that we didn't like. Mm -hmm. We did get pretty animated. Right. That's for sure. I always do struggle a little bit with that because even if I did not like a book, Mm -hmm. I do know the author put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into writing it and getting it published. Mm -hmm. And so there's always kind of a part of me that feels bad. (laughs) So I am happy this week to be talking about those books that really did light my fire. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're going to be doing today. And we're going to be continuing the theme of superlatives. Mm -hmm. And this time it will be all happy superlatives. Mm -hmm. So we are going to dive Mm -hmm. right in. Mm -hmm. And Julia, I'm going to ask you. Okay. What were your overachiever books this year? Mm -hmm. These would be books that were surprising to Mm -hmm. you. Books that you read and kind of pleasantly took you off guard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the first one that comes to mind for me, I read my very first Agatha Christie this year, which was Murder on the Orient. Yes. Um, I literally read it in maybe a day, if that. It was a perfect book to read at the beach because it just read so fast. Anyway, uh, it was surprising to me how much I enjoyed it, how much fun it was. Um, so that's just a little kind of note there for that. If you've never read Agatha Christie, I highly, highly recommend. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, her books, some of them are excellent. Mm-hmm. Some of them mm-hmm. are okay. But she right. wrote so many books that she's allowed to have some bummers yeah. because most of them are, are yeah. excellent. 
Yeah, and I didn't even bother to follow along with the mystery or play along. I just had so much fun seeing how it all played out um, and watching Hercule Poirot. Yeah. Hercule Poirot. I wasn't even going to try. <laughs> Some of the murder and his, and his character and how he yes. interacted with everybody. Um, I just had a ton of fun with that one. Yeah. But the the book that I want to spend the most time talking about for this prompt um, is Wendy Darling by A.C. Wise. And this book was surprising to me because of how well it captured melancholy and nostalgia. So this is the story of Wendy Darling, the Wendy from Peter Pan. Okay. As she is now married and has a daughter. And she's kind of working through how how going to Neverland impacted her. And this is also set in the time in which women were institutionalized for just about anything. So there's a lot of trauma in the story that Wendy deals with. There's a lot of guarding her heart that she does that maybe is impacting her relationships. But I I was really drawn to this book because of how it took Peter Pan, the story that people know and love. Right, a classic right. children's book. And then adapted it, but then took it several steps further to kind of evaluate what would it mean to go to a place like Neverland when you're a kid and reconcile those experiences when you're an adult. Okay. For me, the feeling of this story, I would almost compare it to the Christmas after you've stopped believing in Santa. Okay. So you can see the magic, you can see how it all made sense, but you know that Santa doesn't exist. Um, that kind of bittersweet kind of nostalgia feeling. Um, the other thing about this book that I really, that really caught me off guard was how well AC Wise put into vivid description how unsettling Peter Pan can be. Yes. The actual character. Yes. There, there's an undercurrent in this book where there's a very sinister feeling to Peter Pan in Neverland. And I always loved the idea of Neverland growing up, but Peter himself I didn't like because he felt kind of two-faced. Yeah, two-faced, yeah. yeah. Untrustworthy. Right, yeah. very um, quick to move on to favorites. Right. And so you were never, not always in his good graces. Right. This book, I would say, does a much better job looking at the theoretical side of everything, the thought processes, the revelations, the working through Neverland, than the actual action, character development, etc. So that's that's my surprising book this year. I, I think I'm having a difficult time putting truly into words the impact it had on me. Right. But I I really enjoyed it. It was another beach read. It was a great story. So, have you ever read the original Peter Pan story? I haven't, but I know that as a family, we've read a lot of adaptions of Peter Pan. Right. Like Peter and the Star Catchers. Yes, Peter and Peter, Scarlet. Peter Pan and Scarlet. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I have never read the, the original literature. Right. Neither have I. Yeah. And I have heard people who love Peter Pan mm -hmm. as a classic and people who do not like Peter Pan. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious. I might have to stick Peter mm -hmm. Pan on my list for a classic to read this yeah. year just because I want to see where I fall as far as is it a classic that I can get behind mm -hmm. or is it one that I'm just going to say not for me? Right. And I mean, I think that's a good point. I definitely should read it. So your experience with Peter Pan is coming from 
the those adaptations yes. that we read and also the Disney the movie. Disney movie. Yes. yes. Which is not it's not real true yes. to the Peter Pan story. I'm going to talk about my overachievers. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pick one book for this. I'm going to pick a category of books that I discovered this year that pretty much blew my socks off. And that is the category of short novels or novellas. Mm-hmm. I had a period of time in the middle of 2022 where I read several very short books mm-hmm that I just absolutely loved, either because the structure was unusual or the impact of the story was so profound. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to talk about the three books and Mm -hmm. then talk specifically about why I like them. The first book is Small Things Like These by Claire Keegan. This is a true novella. It's only 118 Mm -hmm. pages long. It's historical fiction. It's set in Ireland in December of 1985. And the setting is a small, depressed, economically Mm. depressed town. And the story revolves around Bill Furlong, who is a middle-aged Catholic man. Mm. He's married. He loves his wife. And I would say they have a good relationship. Mm. And he has five daughters that he is extremely proud of and loves very much. He is a thinker. So Mm. you spend a lot of time in his brain as he ponders his life and how good it is and how blessed he feels. And yet he also is very aware that things could go bad very quickly Mm. because of the economy and just life in general. Mm -hmm. You get a glimpse of what life was like for him growing up. I'm not going to get into that, but that that plays a very important part in the second half of mm-hmm. the book. But anyway, this is really kind of like a day in the life story. It's occurring right before Christmas and he works delivering coal to people in this town. He has a very uh, safe job, very dependable job. And he is delivering coal to the local convent. Mm. And he comes across a situation that his conscience will not allow him to pass by without Mm. doing something Mm -hmm. about. That is the basis of this story. Mm -hmm. But there's just so much going on in this story in 118 pages. Um, the author covers things like gratitude. Um, she covers how you work through your past mm. and come to terms with it and move on from that. Mm-hmm. It covers um, the Magdalene laundries in Ireland, mm. which were places where young women went who got pregnant out of wedlock mm-hmm. or... They were unmanageable. Um, These girls went to these convents and they worked in these atrocious situations. Mm -hmm. And so it addresses that. Um, I loved the larger historical perspective, not only the Magdalene Laundries, but just Ireland Mm -hmm. in that particular Mm -hmm. place and time. So it was just, I don't know how to explain why this book was so meaningful to me. I just was not expecting it. I Mm -hmm. went into it 
not knowing anything about it. Mm. And when I finished it, I just had to sit with it for a while. Mm-hmm. It it was just very, a very deep, very complicated, mm-hmm. but not complicated <laughs> books. Yeah, I, I can't even find words for it. Mm-hmm. It has been nominated for several awards. I know it was nominated for the Booker. Okay. I I'm not sure if it has won any prizes. Mm. I didn't do enough investigation, but it definitely is on mm-hmm. that level of okay. writing. It's literary fiction. Mm. Um, but you just, you care so much about Bill. He mm-hmm. is a good man and he wants to do the right thing mm-hmm. by his family, by the community, mm. and just very, very, very good. It was recommended to me by my mom and I'm recommending it to everybody else. <laughs> Claire Keegan has written other books, which Mm -hmm. I have not read yet, but I'm definitely going to. Mm. So that was book number one. Book number two is The Swimmers by Julie Otsuka. Now, this is 192 pages, so Mm. it's a little bit longer. One of the reasons that this book blew my socks off was the structure. It is divided distinctly into two parts. The first part is about this community pool Mm -hmm. that gets a crack in it. Mm-hmm. And Julie, ta- she talks about this pool like it's a person. And then she uses this pool to really discuss humanity mm. in general, because she describes how different people who come to this pool react to the crack. And um, she talks about the different swimming styles mm-hmm. and just, it's just actually very fun Um I laughed out loud a couple of (laughs) times and it's a community pool for people who use swimming as exercise. Mm -hmm. So it's not like your neighborhood pool where the kids are hanging out and splashing and everything. Sure. So that's the first part of the book. Then the second part of the book is about a particular swimmer who was coming to the pool every day and she has dementia Mm -hmm. that is slowly progressing. Mm -hmm. But when her, opportunity to daily go to the pool that ritual Mm -hmm. every day Mm -hmm. is taken away from her she deteriorates a lot more quickly Mm -hmm. and that part of the story is very difficult Mm -hmm. um it it goes into uh the relationship between her and her daughter it discusses her experience of being taken from her home and placed in a Mm -hmm. nursing care facility and you just follow her as she loses herself. Mm -hmm. She loses her personality, her memory. And Mm -hmm. it becomes a very um, sad story. Mm -hmm. But still, I still felt like there there was hope throughout. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I finished that book. I read the whole book in an afternoon, Mm -hmm. sitting on our front porch in the summer. And that was another book that I just had to sit with Mm -hmm. for a while afterward, because there was just so much to mull over. Mm -hmm. So that was the second book. And then the third book, was Meet Me at the Museum mm-hmm. by Anne Youngson. This is the longest book. It's mm-hmm. over 200 pages by a little bit, 228 mm-hmm. pages. This is an epistolary novel, which just means that the entire story is told through letters mm-hmm. that are exchanged between two people. One is a farmer's wife living in England, and the other writer is a museum curator in Denmark. Mm. And they strike up this this correspondence because Tilly, who is the farmer's wife, she is writing, asking a question about the Toland man, 
who is the most famous bog body, European bog mm, body. I mean, okay. he's a real thing. Right, right, right. And he answers her and then asks a question. And then that's how mm. their correspondence gets started. And in the midst of this, they develop a friendship. The book covers 18 months. And um, it's just, it was fascinating to watch their friendship grow mm-hmm. over that time. The book covers a lot of territory. It deals a lot with grief, especially complicated grief, mm-hmm. where the person you're grieving, you had a complicated relationship mm-hmm. with. It, it covers regrets, um, getting older, and looking to the future with hope even though you're not really sure what that future holds. Mm -hmm. And I just appreciated the perspectives of the two writers. Mm -hmm. I really loved watching their relationship grow and how they impacted each other's lives outside Mm -hmm. of writing the letters. So I'm, I'm not sure if this book was meaningful to me because even though I'm not in my sixties, I have lived a lot of my life Mm -hmm. and you do spend a lot of time looking back and reflecting on your life mm-hmm. and thinking, have I missed things? Mm. What have I missed? Um, am I where I want to be? Where do I want to mm-hmm. go in the future? And I just, I really appreciated that. It's another, all three of these books are very quiet mm-hmm. on the surface, but what do they say? Still waters run deep. Mm. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. how these books felt. Mm. So I, I just, have not really been a big reader of short books, mm-hmm. but these three definitely had a huge impact on my reading year. And I think about all three of them mm-hmm. regularly, which is always an indicator to me that they were a good book, yeah. very impactful. So my overachievers were small books, a <laughs> little bit mighty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, those books, they sound like heart books. Like they are. books that like get into your heart are not purposefully written to like make your heart hurt, but get in there and yeah, you actually have to like take some time away for a little bit before you do anything else. Yes. Like yeah, full encompassing kind of yeah, yeah. I definitely did not jump into any books mm-hmm. afterward. I I needed time to think through these mm-hmm. books. Yeah, they they talk about big ideas, big experiences. Yeah. Yeah. So they're great books. They're not going to be for everybody. Definitely. I don't think the swimmers would be for everybody. And I, I'm Mm -hmm. not sure that Claire Keegan would be for everybody. She's a very quiet writer, people who need a lot of action. Mm -hmm. Actually, none of these books have a ton of plotty action, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but they, they definitely go places, and they give you a ton to think about. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I might have to put them on my list. <laughs> well, moving on from some pretty heavy subjects. Yes. There. Yeah, surprisingly. After last week, I said, I don't like to read books that make right. me sad. <laughs> I, none of these books made me cry. I will say that. Mm-hmm. But you definitely are dealing with some very heavy, sad topics. Yeah. yeah for yeah. sure. Well, buckle in for whiplash because now we're talking about comedy. <laughs> Maybe we should have set up the. <laughs> I think we're just going to roll with it a little bit better. We're just going to roll with it at this point. <laughs> Our next superlative is the class clown. So this is these are the books that made us laugh. 
Which um, is always a joy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And sometimes they are much needed after the books that you just talked about. Right. We need a little catharsis. Yes. Palette cleanser yes. books. Yeah. Yes. So which one mom of your many, many books made you laugh this year? So which were my class clowns? Yes. 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 I I did have a couple, and I feel like I need to make a disclaimer here, mm-hmm. too. Just like I do not actively seek out sad books, mm. I don't actively seek out books that are known to be funny right. for the most part. I like to be caught off guard with funny, mm-hmm. just like I like to be caught off guard with sadness. Right. But the book that I am calling my class clown for the year is... Mm-hmm. I knew was going to be funny. Yeah, sure. And that is, and that is Clan Lands, Whiskey, Warfare, and Scottish Adventure Like No Other by Sam Hewen and Graham McTavish. These are two actors from the Outlander series. Mm-hmm. And Graham McTavish was also an actor in the Hobbit movies. He played one of the dwarves. Oh, okay. 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 And the book is just them driving around Scotland in a beat-up old camper van, (laughs) having adventures, Mm -hmm. doing too much drinking, (laughs) and talking smack about each other. And it was so much fun. I listened to this Mm -hmm. on audio, so you get the actors. They do their own Mm -hmm. narrating. You get the Scottish accents. (laughs) But the other part of that is you can really pick up on the respect and the friendship that they share. Mm -hmm. They do do some talking about behind the scenes experiences with the Outlander series, but you don't have to have any experience with that show Mm -hmm. to appreciate this book. Mm -hmm. It's a quick listen. It's funny. I mean, I belly laughed a couple (laughs) of times and they really pick on each other, which is funny because Sam is a very outdoorsy, very athletic guy and of course, he's the main love interest oh, in sure. the Outlander series. So he's good looking mm-hmm. and muscular. And he just makes so much fun of Graham, who is more refined. Mm-hmm. He drinks wine. He makes fun of him wearing a scarf all the time. <laughs> it's just it's just funny. Yeah. It's funny. It doesn't mean anything, but I had a great time. Mm-hmm. And then I have to say... Scotland is one of my favorite oh. places in the world. Yeah. It's I I enjoy traveling. Mm-hmm. It's it's what I want to do with my discretionary spending. Mm-hmm. I want to travel. And Scotland is one of the places that I have been that felt home. almost like home to me. Home. So it is fun yeah. being back there with them. Yeah. And they take a great deal of pride in their country mm-hmm. and they want to share it with people. And they do they talk a lot of history in this mm-hmm. book, more than I was expecting, and I loved every second mm-hmm. of it. So that's my class clown. How about yours? Who's your class or what <laughs> is your class clown for 2022, Julia? So I listened. I know that I've said I don't do audiobooks. And that is for the simple premise that audiobooks put me to sleep because you read as stories growing up. So I just associate being read stories with it's time to go to sleep. It doesn't work so well when I'm driving. We're working on that. But I listened to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams. This is also good. (laughs) Yes. It took me three months to finish because I just kept forgetting I was listening to it. How do you describe this story to somebody who's never, never read it? Uh, Essentially, 
um, Arthur Dent is the last human from Earth ever alive. Uh, the book starts with the demolishing of Earth. Earth. And he gets swept into this crazy adventure with his friend who is an alien and is writing a, a book on hitchhiking around the galaxy. And it is wild. I'm not even going to try to tell you any of the names of anybody else because <laughs> even those are enough to make you right. laugh. Yeah, just the names. Yeah. Right. I I wouldn't say that I belly laughed at anything, but the nonsense yeah. in this book. The I've, weird British humor. Yes. Yeah. And um, the version that I listened to is narrated by Stephen Fry, who is a fabulous narrator. Uh-huh. Fabulous. Um but I have seen the movie a couple of times. Ben, my husband, uh, it's he likes weird movies, and that's one of his favorites. But in the book, there is a depressed robot. Um, and then in the movie, of course, his character translates, and Alan Rickman plays that character in the movie. So in his drawl, yes. like, straight yes. Alan Rickman voice playing this depressed robot, <laughs> that's all I could hear as as Stephen Fry is narrating this robot is Alan Rickman's very, like, mm-hmm. his voice for the robot. Flat, very yes. flat, yeah. <laughs> Dramatic, yeah. I had so much fun listening to this. That um, I have now added this book and the rest of the series into my I want to buy at some point list yeah. because it, it's just a fun story regardless. But then even to share that fun adventure with kids at some point or whatever yeah. to read it again down the road. I this I had so much fun with. Yeah, this. it is fun. Yeah. I've listened to several books that Stephen Fry has narrated, mm-hmm. and I love him yes. as a narrator. Yes. yes, just he's great, fabulous, a plus. Yeah, yeah. Moving on to our next superlative Mm -hmm. is Best Personality. Mm -hmm. And this is a book or books that contain our favorite character for Mm -hmm. 2022. Now, this is hard. When you read a lot of books (laughs) and you have a year like I did where most of my books were Mm four-star or better, I had a lot of characters that I just Mm -hmm. loved. So I really struggled with this one. I'm curious to hear if you struggled or if you knew right away who your best personality slash favorite character Mm -hmm. would be. I think by the time that I got to the end of the year and we were looking at the script, it was very easy to me who stood out. I read... I read a lot of average books this year. Now, that doesn't mean that they weren't good or impactful, but they just didn't register very high for me. So within that, there were fun characters, but not fabulous character personalities. The one that I want to pick, though, is going to sound a little ironic after I just said it was my most disappointing book <laughs> last time. Um, but that is Helen Rossi from The Historian. Um, Helen Rossi is one of the main characters. She is the female counterpart to the to the male protagonist in this book. And she goes on to play a, a very integral role in the story the reason that she stood out for me so much is because she was described as not pretty um very rough around the edges almost coarse direct and that was so such a foil for me against some of the other characters that i read so read in for the wolf who i felt was just whiny and incompetent to read Helen Rossi afterwards was quite a breath of fresh air because 
I just got the sense that Helen was fully capable of handling life a hundred percent. And I, I think if she and I were to ever meet in real life, a hundred percent, she would intimidate me, but I enjoyed, (laughs) I enjoyed reading about her because it was, it was nice to read about a a female character who could do life in her own way um, and was more than capable of doing so. To be competent, successful, Mm -hmm. have agency. Yeah. I love reading characters like Mm -hmm. that, female characters in particular. And that's a nice segue into my character. (laughs) If you are done talking about your character, I can jump right in. Yeah. I mean, there was just one one last thing I was going to say. And that what was really cool in the historian is that when you first meet Helen, she is described in kind of these more brusque terms of the, the direct, the harsh, the almost bordering aggressive. Mm-hmm. But by the end of the book, the descriptions have changed to beautiful and lovely and kind. And so you kind of see how the main character changes how they view her. Um, so that was really nice to see that change as well. Yeah. yeah. And it is true that when you get to know somebody, mm-hmm. especially if it's a person that you are liking more and more, and I don't mean this in a romantic Mm-mm. way, I just mean in developing a friendship with somebody, right. they become more beautiful to you. Yeah. Even physically, just because you know them, you know their heart and their mm-hmm. soul better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So who is yours, Ma? <laughs> My favorite character, like I said, I really struggled with mm-hmm. this, but this character, she rose to the top and it is another competent, very capable mm-hmm. woman who accomplished great things. And her name is Lillian Boxfish. And the book is Lillian Boxfish Takes a Walk by Kathleen Rooney. Mm. The entire story is a walk through New York City Mm -hmm. on New Year's Eve in 1984. Mm -hmm. And Lillian is 85 years old at this time. (laughs) So she walks several miles Mm -hmm. on this evening. And while she's walking, she's just reflecting on her very long life. She Mm -hmm. lived most of it in New York City, came to New York City in the 1920s, Mm. so during the Jazz Age, and just stayed there. Mm -hmm. And you are pretty much experiencing her evening and also her whole life in Mm. this book. Mm -hmm. The writing is whip smart. Mm -hmm. I had to keep a dictionary with me, (laughs) which I love because then I learn new words. Yeah. And Lillian is witty, and she's wise, she's funny, she is smart, Mm -hmm. she is based on a real person. Mm -hmm. Her name was Margaret Fishback, I think. Okay. And Lillian was a poet, and she was a writer of advertising copy for Macy's Mm. in the 1920s, and so was Margaret Fishback. Mm -hmm. In 1932, she was the highest paid woman Mm. advertising copywriter Mm -hmm. in the country. And you you just follow her on this evening Mm -hmm. as she encounters friends and acquaintances Mm -hmm. and thinks back on her life. And I, I just loved her. I thought she was so wonderful. She was filled with grace. She treated people with honesty Mm -hmm. and respect. And it didn't matter if it was her limousine driver, Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
that she met. Mm-hmm. It wasn't her limousine driver, but a limousine driver. Sure, sure. Uh, the family at the restaurant where she was eating, the people who were mugging her. <laughs> like, it just, she she was just a very, she is a very memorable character. And I think Kathleen Rooney just wrote her with just mm-hmm. so much depth. And she had such respect for her. And on a side note, I put my rating in Goodreads. Now, I my reviews I keep private. But my ratings are are for the public to mm-hmm. see. And I gave the book a 4.5 stars. And Kathleen Rooney actually uh, liked it. Like the author liked my rating. So that was just a kind of a little special thing. But anyway, I think about Lillian all the time. And I just, I want to be 85 if I live to be that long. And I want to be able to have a view of the world that she does. Mm-hmm. She's um, very accepting of people mm. and non-judgmental but just she has a very clear-eyed view of the world mm. and what life is like so mm-hmm. that was Lillian Boxfish is my mm-hmm. my favorite character yeah yeah I want to be here when I grow up <laughs> kind of a thing <laughs> and Grace while you're getting mugged that that takes some personality growth <laughs> she yeah I I don't want to ruin the book but yeah yeah I that was one part of the book that I felt a little bit unbelievable sure and that's one of the reasons I knocked the rating down mm-hmm. from five stars. But anyway, just it's a good book. Mm-hmm. It's also not going to be a book for everybody because it, it it's hard reading. Like mm-hmm. I said, I kept mm-hmm. a dictionary with me and it might it's a very quiet book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not a lot of plot. Yeah. You're really just reflecting on one person's life. Mm-hmm. But if you like that kind of book, I definitely recommend this one. Yeah. It sounds like you did a lot of that kind of reading this year. I did. Yeah. A lot of that kind of reading made it to the top. Sure. Right. Right. So what's next? Yes. So our next superlative that we're dishing out is for the book that was the best dressed. So this is the one that we're giving to the book that had the cover that we like the most. Okay. So who is your best dressed or what? which one was your best dressed? My best dressed book was The Dutch House mm-hmm. by Ann Patchett. And the cover is an oil painting. Mm. It's a painting of a young girl, I would say preteen. Mm-hmm. Very pretty, long dark hair. She's wearing a bright red coat. Mm-hmm. And the wallpaper behind her is flowers and birds. Mm-hmm. And there is a flower arrangement on the table beside mm. her. So it's just like a typical pretty mm-hmm. wa- uh, oil painting. But it represents the main female character in the story. I listened to this book Mm -hmm. on audio with Tom Hanks. The main female character's name is Maeve. And she was painted when she was about 12, 14 years Mm -hmm. old. And the painting, the cover of this book, Mm -hmm. plays a pretty significant role throughout the story. Mm -hmm. Not significant, but it pops up over and over again. So it makes sense that that should be the cover Mm -hmm. of the book. I didn't have many covers that I thought were really Mm -hmm. beautiful this year. So that that one stood out Mm -hmm. to me. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I think this is not this was not a year that I had very many pretty covers. This was a year that I read books because of the plot. Right. I think coming up this year, I have a lot of pretty pretty covers coming up. So I have Hamnet in my list, mm-hmm. um, the Firekeeper's Daughters coming up. So a lot of stunning, stunning covers. Yeah, I agree. So the book that I picked for this one is definitely a cheat book because I started it on December thirty first. <laughs> That's still 2022. It is. is. (laughs) Did you finish it in 2022? I did not. Okay. It doesn't matter. Yeah. 
And this is Book of Night by Holly Black. And I know I had many, many words to say about this before I read it. But this cover is beautiful. Now, my version, um, it's a hardcover with a dust jacket on it. And as I was reading one night, I took the dust jacket off just to make reading easier. And the cover itself happened to catch the light that I was reading by. And it was just beautiful. It's a, it's not navy, almost more like a blue black kind of color on this, on this cover. But then in the middle, there's this gold symbol of a half a moon and a sun Mm -hmm. and so the gold just glittered really pretty in the light very simple and i think it was the simplicity but also the contrast of the dark blue and the gold that was that was really really pretty for me Mm -hmm. yeah well even the dust jacket i think is attractive yes it is it is not the I wouldn't say in the context of the other ones that i've read that it stands out any differently but Mm -hmm. it is the dust jacket itself is pretty like it it draws you in you want to know more about it with with all the dark colors and everything yeah. um but it's the actual hard cover itself yeah that that i i really liked yeah so it's so fun to take a dust jacket off and see yes. that on yes. the inside it's like this wonderful little surprise yeah yeah absolutely and some books i have found the actual inside of the dust jacket can be really pretty too so i yeah i i like to protect my dust jackets yeah um which i think everybody should anyway yeah but especially if a lot of thought and detail was put into them, um, I think it adds to that reading experience a lot. Yeah. The end papers, too, can yes. be really pretty. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think we covered our uh, positive superlatives pretty well. I know oh. I talked extensively about my small <laughs> books. I talked big about the small books. Mm-hmm. That's a good but way of putting that. have a little bit of time mm-hmm. this uh, episode, this chapter to maybe talk about what we've read recently mm-hmm. and what we're currently reading. Sure. Do you have any books you want to talk about? How about what have you read recently? I know yes. Book of Night is a recent read. Yes. So, so far in 2023, I have read one book and I'm in the middle of a second. Okay. So the speed at which I'm already reading this year, I'm really liking because that <laughs> means I'm going to be able to get through a lot of stuff. Um, I did read Book of Night. I think I finished that on the 3rd or 4th of January. And I know that I had said that the back said that there was bedroom scenes. There were none. I would say that Bringing Down the Duke by Evie Dunmore uh, has so much more in it than open door bedroom scenes. Yeah. Yes. There was nothing explicit. There was nothing that made me blush. There was nothing that made me want to hide the book from, you know how you get when you read scenes that make you uncomfortable. (laughs) You don't want anybody no. else to see you reading it. Yeah. <laughs> there was nothing in this book at all that matched what the reviews were saying. However, I would say because this does have to deal with shadows and there, as you get towards the end of the book, you begin to put things together and you realize that maybe some of the scenes in the book might be related to that. Like maybe one of the partners was a shadow, but it's not explicit in any way. The main character in Book of Night reminded me a lot of a coworker that I used to work with who I loved. I loved a hundred million percent. So that would definitely increase your enjoyment of the book. Yes. And throughout the book, you're rooting for the main character. You want things to get better. You don't like the decision she's making, but like it makes sense with her chosen field. There's a fantastic twist at the end of the book where you're kind of like, 
what just happened in literally the last two pages. So it kind of is unresolved at the very last second. The writing was magical. Um, Holly Black has an incredible voice for telling stories. So I, I enjoyed Book of Night. Um, I don't remember how many I gave it, how many stars. I think it might have been a three and a half or a four. Okay. Really short. I think it's only just 300 pages. So really enjoyed that. And I'm in the middle of Devil in the White City by Eric Larson, which I'm actually really, really enjoying. Yeah. I was not anticipating that because it is a darker, more, it's dark, but also really, really heavy, informative nonfiction, which Mm -hmm. I tend to really trudge through. Yeah. But I am devouring this. Eric Larson is very good at narrative nonfiction yes. where he takes something and turns it into what feels like a story. Yes. So it it is pretty easy yes. reading comparative to the topic. Yes. Yeah. And this book, um, the premise is around the Chicago fair mm-hmm. in 1893, I believe is the year. Yeah. Um, but then also there's a serial killer wrapped into this as well. So this is tons of history that, like, I know what Chicago Fair is, but I didn't know any of this other history around it. I didn't know how big of a deal it was. I didn't know that there was a Paris exposition that they were trying to best. I didn't know any of this. So I'm I'm really, really enjoying this. So those, those are what I'm currently reading or have read. Devil in the White City is on my to-be-read mm-hmm list this year as far as nonfiction mm-hmm. that I own. So I'm hoping to get to that soon. Too. Yes, yeah. I will say so it, it he kind of tells the story. It's all third person, um, but he'll switch back and forth between the architects and then this serial killer. He does not shy away in descriptions in terms of the serial killer mm-hmm. stuff. So and uh, interestingly enough, those are the section that's, sections that I'm enjoying the most only because architect stuff is like that's yeah it's a little drier a little bit more abstract for me whereas i mean i i watch and i enjoy bailey sarian on youtube who does murder mystery and makeup where she talks about um serial killers and Mm -hmm. things like that so i'm more interested in that but both both people in the story i'm i'm i almost said i'm rooting for that's not the word i wanted um but i am interested in their stories and seeing how they're going to play out yeah so what are, what have you been reading or indulging in so far this year? Well, surprisingly, what we're recording this on January 8th, and I have only finished one book, which mm. is a little unusual for mm-hmm. me. But I've kind of been just taking it slow. Mm-hmm. The book that I finished was Shelter for the Spirit, How to Make Your Home a Haven in a Hectic World. Mm. By Victoria Moran. This is not a new book. This mm-hmm. is a backlist book. I'm reading it as part of my read books from my shelf. Mm-hmm. So I've read my first nonfiction mm-hmm. from my shelf in January. This is a book about thinking about your home and how it can be a sanctuary mm. for you from the world. Mm-hmm. And she talks about it. As like a like a global spiritual perspective. So she pulls in Buddhism, mm. Hinduism. She talks very much about Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could take it like I I'm a professing Christian. I can take what she's saying mm-hmm. and absolutely filter it through a Christian lens and make everything work. Right. Not that you would have to do that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. But she talks about decor and design in your home and 
she actually wants you to walk through each room and say, okay, in my living room, these are the things that really work for me. Mm -hmm. And then there are some things that I could work on. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't like the color of the walls. It doesn't, Mm -hmm. it's not helping me feel like my home is a sanctuary. It's actually irritating me. Mm -hmm. So then you just paint your walls the color you want to. Mm -hmm. She talks about decorating. She talks about clutter and how clutter can really weigh you down. Mm -hmm. And thinking about what you own, do you love it? Do you need it? Mm -hmm. Everything else can go. Mm -hmm. You don't have to explain why you love something or why you need it, but just work through that. Mm -hmm. Talks about celebrating. Mm -hmm. And are you celebrating with people enough Mm -hmm. in your home? Are you uh, cleaning your home well? Mm -hmm. Are you cooking and feeding your family well? And what Mm -hmm. are the foods in your kitchen? Mm -hmm. And how do you approach cooking? Mm -hmm. And she talks about meditation, but she calls it sitting. So meditation could be anything. It could just be sitting quietly in Mm -hmm. your home. It could be meditating. It could be praying. Mm -hmm. Just do you feel, do you have a place where you can get away from the noise of the world and be alone with yourself or with God Mm. or however you're approaching Mm -hmm. it. So it's all these concepts. Um, And finally, she just talks about comforts. What are your own specific comforts? Do you allow yourself those comforts? And how often and Mm -hmm. are you allowing yourself those comforts often enough? Mm -hmm. So it was just, it was a lot of stuff to contemplate at the beginning of the year, which was really Mm -hmm. nice. It's none of it is new for me. I've read about all of this in other Mm -hmm. places, but it was just a nice start to my 2023. And I am going to do some of the things that she Mm -hmm. recommends, some of the exercises. So that was good. I've started Celeste Eng's Our Missing Hearts, which is a dystopian novel, which I don't read very often because I think this earth is just one big dystopia has been from the beginning <laughs> yes, and it's not getting better. Mm-hmm. Actually, sometimes I think it's getting worse, but mm-hmm. this book mm-hmm. is focusing on America in the near future and the oppressed people are people of color, but specifically people of Asian descent. Mm. It feels very, 2020 pandemic to me like I feel like this book came out of the experiences Mm -hmm. of that year and I'm not sure I'm quite ready yet to be reading stories about that so I I'm not settled on this book the other thing that I'm not loving is it's told in third person and when people talk to each other there are no quotations oh which I didn't pick up on right away But I think it's what is making me feel really removed Mm. from the story. I honestly feel like I am standing outside of this story, Mm -hmm. looking through a window that has condensation on it. Like I I feel that far Mm -hmm. removed from it, Mm -hmm. and I'm not enjoying that aspect of it. Sure. I've read Celeste Ng before. I read Everything I Never Told You and Mm. really enjoyed Mm -hmm. it. She can write very well. I'm just not sure I'm loving this particular story. Okay. And it's probably because it's dystopian mm-hmm. and the way she's telling it sure. just is not my favorite. So yeah, we'll see. I'm I'm not wanting to pick the book up, which is usually an indication that I'm not really enjoying that's, it. Yep, that's not a good sign. Yeah. So I don't have anything on the docket coming up. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I want to do. Um I've decided to engage in a kind of engage in a reading mm-hmm. challenge, but not really. Um, there's a an unread book 
an unread shelf website. And every year the woman who runs it puts out 12 buzzwords, Mm -hmm. one for each month to kind of get you looking at your owned bookshelf Mm -hmm. and reading from there. And I'm, I think I'm going to do that. So January, the word is comfort Mm. and the word doesn't have to be in the title of the book. It's just any books that mean comfort to you. Sure. So for me, that's middle grade, that's cozy mysteries. Mm -hmm. Occasionally it's a Regency romance, Mm -hmm. sometimes fantasy. So I'm appreciating that because it's helping me focus Mm -hmm. since I have all these books I can choose from. It's helping me a little bit, but I don't have a specific book I'm going to read next. Mm-hmm. I, you probably do have a yes, specific I do. book. Yeah. What is that? I have um, Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern. It's coming up after Dublin White City. I love that book. That would yes. be a good comfort read for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm excited. I think it's going to be a good one. Initially, I would have wanted to read it during the fall, but I think it's going to be a good one to read during these dark winter months, too. Absolutely. So. Yeah, it's yeah. perfect. It's a perfect winter read, I think. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited to finish Devil in the White City. I'm excited to see where it goes. But I have been trying to read Night Circus for a while and just for whatever reason have never been able to. So I'm excited to give it intentional, concentrated time to to enjoy the story. I think I, I know your reading taste pretty well. And I do think that you will really enjoy the Night Circus. Yeah. 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 I'm it excited. could be a new five star mm-hmm. read for you. Which would be nice to start off the year like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Well, this wraps up our positive superlatives. Yes. For and, 2022. Yes. And in case you're wondering, listener, what where are your favorite books? Where are the best books of the year? Surprise! We're doing a bonus episode. <laughs> <laughs> we were just trying to cram way too much into these episodes. So we decided that we're going to do a bonus one. So you're going to get an episode between this one and our and the originally next scheduled one. Yeah, the the next regularly scheduled yes. episode. Yes. yes. And that bonus episode, we are going to spend time just talking about our favorite books from yeah. 2022. And we'll probably do top five. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Yes. I think that is reasonable mm-hmm. to get through. Yes. So if you're really sitting on the edge of your seat listening to this absolute saga of our reading life from 2022, <laughs> we have one more And that's when we'll do our favorites. Yes. Thanks so much for spending part of your day with us. We'd love for you to continue today's conversation at the Booksnug underscore podcast on Instagram and at the Booksnug podcast on Facebook. All of our episodes can be found wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as at our website, thebooksnugpodcast.buzzsprout.com, where show notes for every episode can be found. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at thebooksnugpodcast at gmail.com. As C.S. Lewis, one of our favorite authors, famously said, you can never have a cup of tea large enough or a book long enough to suit me. And we wholeheartedly agree. <laughs>